Okay, so the recording has started. Um, just so everyone knows, if you're listening to this on the podcast version later, you should know that the audio quality is not going to be as good. I'm not using my normal podcasting microphone. And you should also know that this is really no substitute for going through this curriculum yourself. Um, a lot of the stuff you're not, either not going to be able to see or read, or I'm not going to be able to read it off. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to be in violation of any copyright infringement. I think I'm okay because I'm using everything for educational purposes. Um, and additionally, uh, most of the stuff is um, open source, or maybe not most, but a good portion of it is open source as is. So um, if, if I'm using open source materials, uh, I'm going to go ahead and license all of these uh, actual episodes under the same licenses, same open source licenses, then hopefully I won't have any any issues. So um, yeah, with that said, it looks like no one is joining the live stream, but that's okay, kind of what I was expecting. Uh, I am recording and I'm gonna go ahead and get going with the first day, which is just installing Jupyter. Um, this should not take me a full hour. I might actually already have it installed. Um, but if you are following along at home, um, you should know that, uh, okay, screen is shared now. Um, you should know that uh, what Jupyter is. So Jupyter is a, um, it's a form of notebook for Python. Um, I believe you can also use it with some other languages um, like Julia. Um, but what most people use it for is Python. And um, I, I prefer Jupyter Lab. Um, you can install just the, the classic Jupyter Notebook, um, but I definitely prefer Jupyter Lab. It's got a couple more features. It's got like a built-in um, browser and you can do some more stuff. So we're gonna go ahead and install it and try running it. I believe that's all we've got to do today, right? Yeah, yep. Okay, let's get going. Okay, so I'm gonna pull up a terminal. Um, if you don't have Python installed, you're probably gonna need to install that first. There's an installation guide with more stuff, but let's go ahead and just pip install your lab. It's downloading. So how's everybody doing? Um, if you have questions about any of the things that I do, um, or like later when we get into the actual quantum computing stuff, or even Python, if you don't have experience with Python, you've got questions, um, I, feel free to send them to me, you know, the normal ways. Mines or email, probably going to be best for this stuff. And I will get back to you as soon as I can. And then I'll also try to answer those questions in the next like training montage session. Okay, um, Jupyter Lab was installed successfully. Let's go ahead and try to run it. Jupyter Lab, and we get a like a localhost page. Everything seems to be working so far. Awesome. Um, yeah. Everything is working. The first thing, most important thing we got to do, switch it over to dark theme, of course. 
And we can create a new notebook, a new console with Python. Um, awesome. OK, so yeah, that's, that's the end of today. Um, to shut down, actually, some of these instructions might be a little bit different depending on um, what type of system you're running. So everyone knows I'm running a, a Debian-based Linux system. So your mileage may vary. But what we're going to do at the end of the day um, to shut this down, Control-C, say yes, and Jupyter is shut down. And now what we're going to do, oh, that's fun, is open up Obsidian. Uh, I double click that, but run. Yes. OK. For those of you who don't know, Obsidian is just a cool, um, like almost like a cool note-taking app. Um, here, I'll pull up their website. It's awesome. They even have a recommendation from CVP Gray, and it does not get much better than that. Um, what is that? Yeah, CVP Gray said that about Obsidian. Um, yeah, so they call it a local knowledge base markdown files. Um, and what you can do is you can you can see here, you can make connections between different things. So we're going to do that throughout this course. Um, and at the end of the course, I'm going to go ahead and put up all of the Obsidian stuff um, so that you can go back and look through the connections that I've made as well. If you've got connections that you think I missed, go ahead and, like I said, reach out to me, and I will add them later. Um, I've already got Obsidian installed. It's not necessary for um, the curriculum, so I don't have it as like a, something to install. Um, we're just going to go ahead and make a new note, call it, hmm, I guess, day one. Uh, we're going to have 300 of these, so 001, calling Jupyter Lab. Um, oh, yeah, and then the other things that I want to do, so we didn't reference any archive papers. Um, we're going to put a summary of the day into Obsidian, um, and then... I think that's all we're going to do today. So the summary is just installed JupyterLab. And like this is, this is definitely going to get more complex later. But an analogy for JupyterLab, oh, that's supposed to be all together. We're going to leave it separate. JupyterLab is. It's almost like an IDE. It's so if it's like uh, if it's it's like how you can have text editors for Python and IDEs for Python. Um, you can have either Jupyter Notebook, just the the standard like Jupyter Notebook runner for um, Jupyter, or you can have Jupyter Lab. It's almost like the IDE for Jupyter Notebooks. Um, yeah, if you've got a better analogy, please let me know, and I will go ahead and put that in here instead. So Jupyter Lab is like an IDE for running and working with Jupyter books as opposed to just using the 
notebook. I guess the classic, classic Jupyter notebook, which is like using text editors and the command line to do to um, work with. Awesome. Well, that's that for today. So I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing. Close out that. And yeah, that's definitely less than an hour, but I think it's probably good to ease into it. Actually, I guess, you know what? Let's go ahead and do the next day because I, I know that there are going to be days that I miss. So I'm going to restart the share. The entire screen. And because day two is how to use Jupyter. So we're going to go ahead and open that up. Now, so this, this Code Academy article I think is pretty good. Um, I am just going to go ahead and read through this. Um, and I'll, I'll point out things that I think might be useful to other people. At this point, like I have a lot of experience with Python and Jupyter Notebooks, so I'm acting more like a teacher rather than a student. That will change throughout the course of this uh, curriculum. <laughs> I can promise you that. Okay. Yeah, okay, so um, Jupyter Notebooks, What's, what's nice about them is you can have like interactive um, parts of them. Um, I was talking about how this is based on IPython. And so instead of having to like um, run code and then you get a pop-up window, like a separate pop-up window that has something you want to interact with, say a graph, um, it's just all in the same place, which is, is really nice, um, especially for teaching purposes um, and data visualization. Jupyter Notebooks are used a lot for that. Okay, so, oh, this is just using the standard Jupyter Notebook rather than Jupyter Lab, um, but we can, we can go ahead and do Jupyter Lab. Let's pull up this again, Jupyter Lab. Okay, so in the Jupyter Notebook interface, you can see all the files. Yep, um, actually, that's, that's the, the classic Jupyter Notebook interface. Um, actually, I bet if we go ahead and just take localhost, oh, come on, localhost 8888, yeah, that's four, and don't go to lab. Oh, it'll just auto-direct to lab, okay, well. I think that Jupyter Lab installs the standard Jupyter Notebook as well. So I'm sure there's a way to launch the classic. But anyways, we'll just stick with Jupyter Lab. Um, so it's going to look different. But we can still see over here, we've got inside of our documents, we've got all of this stuff. Just going to documents. Um, this is our Obsidian folder. So I'm going to stay out of that. But let's see, what's this? It's an app image. Um, let's make 
a new folder in here. See, Jupyter Lab is nice like that. We can just make a new folder. We're going to call this um, well. I guess I guess there's no reason not to put it all. Yeah, let's delete that. There's no reason not to put all in the Obsidian um, because anything that isn't Markdown just won't be won't be found by Obsidian. Markdown or PDFs or images, but that's okay. We can put Jupyter Notebooks in there. So. All Jupyter Notebooks are identifiable by the notebook icon next to their name. Now, oh. let's, let's make a new one. See, see if that works. I don't know. That just opens a new tab. Make a new... Yeah, okay. That doesn't... Is that the Jupyter Notebook icon? Interesting. Save this. Rename it. Learning Lab. Um, I don't know. I don't think we have the option for Python 2 anymore. Yeah, Python 2 is pretty old. This, I guess this is a pretty old one, but yeah, Python 3 is what we should all be using at this point. And you can upload them if you want to. Notebooks currently running will have a green icon, while non-running ones will be gray. Interesting. I'm sure that we'll, we'll see that here, but... Um, there's a there's a running tab there. Oh yeah, open tabs, kernels. So we can we can shut down these kernels if we want to. So inside the notebook, yeah, it looks like this. There's a cell. Yeah. So basically, you can structure so you can have like a cell here. Um, that will have some Python code. So, hello there. Right. And then we can do. So, yeah, Control Enter will run it. Shift Enter starts a new cell. We can do print. Control Enter will print that as well. Um, it doesn't like auto update. So if we do hello comma there, you can see that there's been a change. It hasn't run yet. Um, this still says hello there with no comma. If we do control enter. Oh, so if you just have a, yeah, nice. I'm learning stuff. Uh, if you just have a expression, so they used one plus two. You run that, you do get three as your output. I wonder, let's see if we do um, like concatenating two strings. What if we do, because I am not creative at all. We're just gonna do hello plus space plus there. Yeah, okay, we do get a concatenated string. That's interesting, okay. So it'll pretty much output whatever you want. And then, yeah, so if you want to have um, a, a new cell that's just Markdown, um, so there's no code in it, you can that that's how you do some like nice formatting stuff. Later we'll get into some, we'll, we'll look at LaTeX formatting for um, 
mathematical symbols and equations. But yes, this is LaTeX formatting, which means that if I do, or sorry, markdown formatting, I do that, that's a like an H2. If you know HTML, we'll say, hello there. <laughs> and you run that and it looks bigger um, as opposed to, actually, if I do just one, it'll be even bigger. Yeah. And if I take that away, it'll just look normal. Um, okay, sometimes you need to restart the kernel. So our kernel dropdown's over here. Um, I guess you can, let's see. No, oh, I don't want that. Okay, here's interrupt the kernel. Okay, if I go to kernel, yeah, interrupt kernel and restart kernel are up here. And you can reconnect kernel, shut down kernel. Honestly, I don't really know what a kernel is other than I think it connects. Actually, you know what? We're here to learn. What is a kernel? Jupiter. Okay. A notebook kernel is a computational engine that executes the code contained in a notebook. A Python kernel reference in this guide executes Python code. Kernels from the other languages. Oh, interesting. There's so yeah, you can use other languages. Um, the associated kernel is automatically launched. Okay, so the kernel is what performs the computation and returns the results. Um, okay, interesting. So I guess instead of directly calling, so instead of directly calling, like um, in the in the command line, you would do Python and then one plus two and get that. I guess instead of instead of that, um, they're they're using this kernel as like an abstraction layer. Interesting. Um, they said that there were kernels for other languages, and now I'm curious. Oh yeah, here we go. IPython IR kernel. What's that? Julia. Yep. And there's some community maintained kernels. Oh, R. Right. Interactive R. Okay. So you can do R in Jupyter Notebooks. There's Julia. Delaying. Fortran. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, cool. Well, good to learn. <laughs> good to know. Um, so yeah, there's help. Here's our, our toolbar up here. It looks a little bit different than what they've got, but what does this one do? Restart the kernel and then rerun the whole notebook. Yeah, so we yeah try that. You can see that it, it goes sequentially. It's hard to see, also probably because the frame rate is too low. Um, but yeah, it goes sequentially. Jupyter notebooks are saved as you go. Yeah. Um, once you navigate to the directory, click save and checkpoint. Hmm. File. Wait, wait, 
Or what, yeah, file. Revert notebook to checkpoint. All right, where is save and checkpoint? Maybe they just automatically checkpoint now. Hmm. Am I am I just blind? Am I not seeing it? What if I like click this? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, okay. So here's the summary. Yeah. Jupyter notebooks very useful. Good to know how they work. Um, yeah. So let's. Let's start up Obsidian and write our day two summary. Sure, why not? Okay, um, starting Jupiter works. So, summary. Went through Code Academy to learn how to work with Jupyter Notebooks. And an analogy for today. Um, so an analogy might be that just running straight Python files is sort of like you get a textbook that's only, um, yeah, you get a textbook that's only text, no pictures. And then you've got a stack of pictures next to you. And every once in a while, the textbook will be like, please see figure 12-B. And you've got to rifle through all your pictures, find 12-B, as opposed to a Jupyter Notebook, which has all of your interactive things, graphs and pictures inside of the textbook as is. I think that's a pretty good analogy. But again, like I said, if you've got a better one, I would be happy to replace that here. Um, and also, um, we can we can link things together. Um, so Jupyter Notebooks and Jupyter Lab. And we can start looking at some links. OK, analogy using standard Python files is like having a textbook with only text and a stack of pictures next to it. Sometimes the textbook will reference a image or figure and say C 12B. You have to go in other words, the text and interactive portions are not integrated. Jupyter notebooks are like normal textbooks that have the interactive bits in line with the text. In this case, code. 
All right, I think that's a pretty good analogy. And we've done two for today. Let's let's see what's next. Uh, learning about Python basics and groups. There's a good amount there. I don't think I'm going to start that today. Um, yeah, so we're going to call it here. I know I said that earlier, but I think I'm actually going to call it here. And yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Um, and I will hopefully see some of you tomorrow. Uh, and like I said, if you've got questions or suggestions for better analogies or better ways of explaining something that I've gone through, um, please let me know, and I will be happy to improve this content with that. Um, yeah, thanks.